Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the American Pale Males podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Michael, and with me is the other host. It's... It's it's me. It's Jeremy. Michael, how in the world are you? Doing good. Spring is here. It's it getting is. warm. It's and, warmer. Uh, yeah. My yeah. bike is fixed. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh, I wish you well with that endeavor, getting back on the proverbial bike. <laughs> Um, See, all you got to do is go by the numbers, man. Out of hundreds of times I've ridden that bike, it's like well under a 0.5% chance, or average, rather, rate of accident. Oh, yeah. Probably, even, yeah, even less than that, even, yeah. Almost certainly less than that. I like it, Jeremy. You're using your rational brain rather than your uh, fight-or-flight impulsive brain. We need more of that these days. I'd be lying if I didn't say that the thought hadn't crossed my mind. Oh, sure. But, uh, as drive-by truckers once said, living in fear is just another way of dying before your time. Cerebral cortex reigns supreme. I uh, hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeremy, why don't you Michael. hit me up with your beer brag? Michael, we've been in gasoline alley. Yes, yes, and, we have. And, uh... There's been one that's been sitting that I just found out has just entered the uh, octagon mm. at gasoline oh. stores. Every oh. gasoline gasoline stores. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Technically, that's right. Was, I, oh god, it sounds so awful though. But uh, gasoline alleys everywhere. I don't even know if it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. I know we've discussed it before, uh, Michael. This is a new beer. I had a Saint Archer Gold. Oh yes! Oh, wonderful! I am. I'm curious. I'm curious. It's not bad. Okay. Actually, pretty decent for being a light beer. Yes. Whether or not it's like technically a craft beer or a Hellas, uh, I guess doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. The beer is either good or it's not. And this one was solid. It has just the right amount of grainy flavor. Um, granted, it was not a ton of grainy flavor that one would like in a Hellas because, you know, it's still a light beer that has like 95 calories, 2.6 right. things of carbs. But I was shocked at how much I enjoyed it. It did not have the watery aspect that the Mickey U has had. Okay, that's that's pretty key. I'm going to use that as my baseline because that's the only one of these beers that I've had right. in somewhat recent memory. The price point is still a little bit much. They are pricing it like a craft beer, okay. despite it, you know, ultimately being a light beer. Right. But the tall boy was like under two dollars at the gas station, so I wonder if they're just trying to uh, rope people in. I see. Get you know what I mean? Like, of, yeah. Give give them uh, the the first ones free, or yeah. So it was a single you got. It was a single. I'll have to look out for it then. I I do want to try it. It's definitely worth trying. Um, I wonder if the price point is going to keep people away, because. I don't know how much the craft light market is. Right, yeah, it's it's it seems to be narrow. I mean, they gotta get in on like the fitness train like Mick you did. Or you know, they need some sort of audience to market this to because it's not light beer drinker's beer necessarily and it's not a craft beer drinker's beer. So who is it for? So they need to like tease that out and market it that way. I, I think. wonder if it's angling for the like the the liberal elites, like the upper, <laughs> Maybe. the upper class yeah. grilling or upper class gatherings. 
because the ones that like theoretically wouldn't want to be you know caught dead drinking a Miller Lite or whatever. But mm-hmm. does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. But, but yeah, uh, well, it remains to be seen. Yeah, give it a shot. Let me know. Yeah, interesting. I'll have to look out for that next time I'm in the gas station of Doom. I would like to purchase a mason jar's worth of gasoline, please. <laughs> um. So yes, and we are continuing the Gasoline Alley colon Magical Mystery Brew series. Mm-hmm. Um. But before we get to that, the final entry in the series, Jeremy, I wanted to talk about other mysteries. Okay. And uh, I think this might generate some conversation because you're interested in this kind of stuff. But these are famous mysteries. I do enjoy a good mystery. That have been solved. Ooh. And I want to see if you know what the answer to the, to the mystery is. You know, so I'll say the mystery, and there is an answer. We do know what the answer to the mystery is. The question is, do you, Jeremy? And I suspect you do, because you're a learned man. It's and... possible. And I listened to a lot of last podcasts on that. <laughs> I was going to say, and that this one is right up the alley for this one. Are you familiar with the Umbrella Man? Oh, God. Is this one of those, the, the crackpots from the Kennedy assassination? Yes, yes. Oh, here's a little bl- blurb from... Okay, yes. So here's a little blurb. Um, This was a guy, dubbed the Umbrella Man, and he was seen carrying an open umbrella on a sunny day, one of the closest bystanders to JFK when he was struck by the bullet. As it approached, he lifted the... He opened the umbrella and lifted it high above his head, then spun it around um, as the president passed by. After the assassination, he sat down on the sidewalk next to another man before getting up and walking towards the book depository. Huh. So, do you know what the Umbrella Man, what his role was? I, so, you've, you've read to me the, cons- the general conspiracy thought on this one, correct? Yes. Well, th- th- I will say this is factual. This is on the Zapruder film. What? So you're asking me what I what the conspiracy in theory is, or are you asking me what oh, he I was see. actually doing? I'll let you go either way. You can speculate and make up or have a hunch on what the conspiracy is, or you can go for what the actual truth is. You can take a guess I mean, either way. <laughs> I mean, I imagine with the, the umbrella, he was just actually just, you know, like, oh, Pip Pip, I salute you, President Kennedy, <laughs> right? Just do it. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, this one, I'm laughing because you're, you're right, you're on the right track, but it's in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, he was actually protesting oh. the Kennedys. Well, Kennedy's father, Joseph, had supported British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain, mm-hmm. who, you know, was not pro-Nazi. He appeased the Nazi regime. He was an appeaser. And uh, so he always carried an umbrella around with him. And so this guy, his little form of protest against JFK and the Kennedy family for uh, appeasing the Nazis was to have this umbrella out on a sunny day. And it's not clear if Kennedy would have even understood that, but that's what this guy says he was doing. It's good stuff. Next next mystery. Next mystery. Have you ever heard of the bloop? Is this the, uh, the repeating sound from outer space? Uh, there is something like that. This is actually from underwater, though. I've heard the name. Yes. Uh, extremely powerful underwater sound uh, detected by the NOAA in 1997. 
in a remote part of the Pacific Ocean off the tip of South America, an ultra-low frequency burst of noise that could be heard through hydrophones almost 3,000 miles away. They had no idea what it was, and uh, there's lots of theories out there of what it was. Do you know, hmm. Jeremy? Or what do you speculate the bloop was? My guess is that the bloop is, was it repeating, or was it just like a one-off? It was just a one-off. Okay, my guess is it's some sort of like pocket of gas way underneath, like way deep, and it just got weird on the way up. Yes, uh, that was speculated. Um, it And you're right, it is a natural phenomenon. It was matched to an ice quake. Oh, cool. And narrowed down to the crash of disintegrating icebergs somewhere uh, around Antarctica. So massive disintegrating it's like an, icebergs. It's like an ice shelf basically fell off. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Um, let's see here. Let me pull up another one. Here's an easy one. Do you know the mystery of the Patterson-Gimlin Bigfoot film? Oh, this is the uh, the infamous, the, the, the Bigfoot walking meme yeah. before memes were memes. Yes, and he looks at the camera. That was just faked, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. That's about it. Okay. There's <laughs> a guy in a suit. I only know that because of The Simpsons when they were like, and they were filming a Bigfoot special for Fox. And they're like, Dave, we can see your watch. <laughs> and then they see Mr. Burns coming out of the woods like an alien or something. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's that, I think it's that episode. <laughs> Jeremy. Sorry, before you keep going, uh-huh. there's also the Homer is Bigfoot thing. From oh, like yeah. season one, episode two. Doesn't he like roll in some dirt or something? Or how does he, it's like. He gets like a whole bunch of mud covered and he gets stung yes. in the mouth by a bunch of bees and he can't talk. It's like, uh-huh. yeah. The Call of the Simpsons. That Yeah, that's really early, isn't it? That's season, that's season one. Wow. 1989. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Episode seven. Dang. Oh, gosh. Wow. Next mystery. Anastasia. Potentially the last surviving member of Russia Tsar Nicholas II, who were all executed by the Bolsheviks in 1918. Oh, yeah. It was rumored that Anastasia might have escaped and be alive. Huh. I'm assuming she didn't, and they just never, like, made a thing out of it because she was, like, a woman. <laughs> so it was, there was a lot of hype uh-huh. um, that she's out there and she could, uh, was hiding and could come back to power, or she was living in an asylum somewhere. Uh-huh. Her memory was wiped. And, and this this kind of thickened a little bit in 1991 when they found a grave site that contained the skeletons of nine of the 11 of the... Is a czar royalty? Is that a royal family? Yes. Sure. And, uh, so, and she wasn't there. Huh. But then in 2007, they found two more buried skeletons nearby like 200 <laughs> feet away and she was in there she died in 1918 as suspected yeah, yeah they they didn't tend to let people get away yeah and uh i i must correct myself it was not the x-files episode of the simpsons it was the mr plow episode because, oh really because that's how homer finds out that barney was trapped on forbidding mount doom or whatever it was called oh because he recognized forbidding the... widow's peak and <laughs> that's what it was Forbidding Widow's Peak. Um, I can't believe I remember that. That's very specific. Yeah, I know. Um, Last mystery, Jeremy. Last one. The Bermuda Triangle. 
This one's fun. It's presumed to be a, one of the vile vortices, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Or, yeah, whatever, you know. It's presumed to be a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like the Bermuda Triangle was brought up a lot more in the 80s and early 90s. People just stopped caring. <laughs> I, I agree. I remember hearing about it when I was a kid and being... DuckTales. DuckTales? Maybe. Maybe it's DuckTales' fault. Or Tailspin or something like that. Yeah, yeah. One of those shows. One of those adventure shows. Anyways. In IRL, it's probably just a... Uh, it's probably just like a real reefy or like weird place, but I don't know. I I don't really think that there's any uh, supernatural shenanigans going on yeah. there. Yeah. So if you look at it statistically, uh-huh. the like wrecks and accidents in the Bermuda Triangle are no greater than wrecks and accidents in any well-traveled sea route or air route. So mm-hmm. it's just there's nothing special about the area. It's just like any other area that has a lot of travel. That's it. There was no mystery to begin with. No explanation required. <laughs> it, was, it was just a, a fancy... It was just marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Basically. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Jeremy, all those mysteries are lame. And even though they captured imagination of people for decades, you know, it was always this the regular explanation. Mm-hmm. We got to get to the real mystery here, Jeremy. Indeed, and that do. is, what is in brown paper bag C for the mm-hmm. FDR segment this week? Let so, me go get it while you describe the uh, the can I'll, to people, I'll, I guess. I'll, yes, you go ahead. And there Jeremy goes, much like Beavis. Uh, I will say this is the largest can format we've had by one ounce. It's 25 ounces, which if you have a sharp mind, you might know the brewery that makes it. Uh, Jeremy will be feeling inside the paper bag, so he might not be able to discern that extra ounce. Um, it's very stylized can, uh, very eye-catching. It's gonna. This will be an interesting one. Um, I don't. It could be the best one, but it also could just be kind of lame. So we'll see. Uh, and I am back. All right, there we go. Uh, so Jeremy has bag C in his clutches. It is on the coffee table. So if you want to. Take a feel at that and take a blind guess at what it is before opening so, it. So, uh, I I did make this prediction to my wife earlier, and okay, I think it's a Bud Light Arita of some sort. Okay, I think that because a the can is roughly the right shape mm-hmm. and size, and uh, we've discussed doing that in the past. All right. Um, I will say before you open it, and maybe you can use this as a hint, uh-huh. I think we've talked about this before. I don't think you had it, but I think you mentioned somebody who did, and you related that about the beer. So I hope you haven't had this before, but um, hopefully it's new to you and a little exciting. But uh, go ahead and open it. All the, were all these bags different shapes? Yeah, well, yeah, I cut them down oh. to fit because they were really big and tall. <laughs> It was just like, they all seem so... I mean, you've done a good job at giving them... All to, oh boy, I don't like this already. <laughs> oh god, I was sort of close. You were sort of close. I have not had one of these. I, I did... Uh, Christ almighty, this is 25 ounces. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, I have not had one of these. I've heard they're not that bad from Council of the Show. 
Yes. Yeah, um, that's what you related. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this should I say what it is? Yeah, go for it. Uh, Michael, Natterday Nights. All right for <laughs> some. I don't know. Uh, it's a Natterday by Natural Light. Yeah. Strawberry lemonade and drinking beer. Oh, for uh, those who like strawberry lemonade and drinking beer. Yeah. Here's a little flavor text for you from the naturallight.com. I just gave you the flavor text. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. They use the word sessionable. This is a oh boy. Se- sessionable light lager brewed with a phenomenal combination of ripe strawberry and fresh lemonade flavors that are perfect for increasing the fun of every occasion. Get drunk. Uh, for those who like strawberry lemonade and drinking beer, sit back and relax. It's Natterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, 4.2 ABV, so a lightweight compared to the last two we had. Uh-huh. And 132 calories per 12 fluid ounces. So in this one, probably roughly, what, 275 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 12 grams of carbs for per uh, 12 ounces. So... Uh, again, probably a little lighter than the last two we had in terms of calories, but still no slouch. I guess you're getting a lot, but mm-hmm. my big question, and we can get into this right now, is what color it is. I, I guess let's do it. Let's do it. This is uh, the biggest can we've had, too. It's true. It is a very big one. That smells pretty good. I'll give it that. Oh, yeah. It's actually oh, it's really... pretty nice. It's very light colored. Looks like a natural light, maybe a little bit yellower. Yeah. Not necessarily like gold or or like straw or just yellower. Like a lemonade or yellow. Mm-hmm. Mine's very foamy. As is mine. It smells like a hardcore shandy. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it does smell like a shandy. I was going to say it smells like lemonade with a little... A little bit of strawberry in it. Yeah. This might not be that bad tasting. Um, uh, well, then let's go in, shall we? Yeah, go ahead. As far as how good of a beer it is, I don't know, but... Um, That's not bad at all. That's actually kind of uh, refreshing. No, that isn't that bad. In fact, it's... Kind of nice. Kind of nice. I would say... I You know, I've only had like one or two shandies. Uh-huh. But um, this... I think this is better than a shandy. I agree. It like just embraces the light body and mm-hmm. it's more, um, it's just a, I mean, it's a pretty strong lemon strawberry flavor, but it's, it's not like super sour or super sweet. It's mm-hmm. pretty it's, balanced. It's a good mix. I could go for a little bit more tartness, but that's just personal preference. It does have like, I mean, it tastes like artificial strawberries and lemonade, but yeah, there's not that much different between the real and the fake version. So it's it's not like this is grape or, or yeah, like uh, raspberry or blue ras blue ras or anything <laughs> like that. Um this is actually this is not too shabby at all. Mm-mm. What did you say the ABV was on this thing? 4.2. Okay, which, so it's a light beer. Yeah, which is actually surprising though cuz isn't like natty supposed to be the heavy hitting one? Maybe not. I don't think so. It is Natty Light. I think it's yeah. the budget-friendly one. Yes, okay. Okay, yes, because Natty Light is also 4.2 on this website. Yeah, I'd be kind of shocked if it was uh, anything more or less than that. Natty Ice is 5.9. That's what we're thinking of. Oh, my God. 
Have you ever seen that? I've never heard this before. Oh, I wish this was at the gas station. Have you ever heard of Natty Daddy? Sure have. Oh, man. I actually saw that at the... Uh... Uh, at the store yesterday when I was, or gasoline store, when I was there looking for St. Archer. Oh, I've never seen this one. It looks gross. Yeah, that's a ridiculous name. I imagine it's quite similar to the Ice House Edge as it is an 8% ABV, Mm -hmm. 25 ounce can. Mm -hmm. Get this though. Natty Light Seltzer, the last one in the family, Mm -hmm. has an ABV of six, which is higher than Natty Ice. I did actually notice that um, they were clearancing them out. Oh, <laughs> at uh, uh, not like not like obscene. Everything must go. But I think they realized that they probably overordered for football season. Oh, okay. And so they there was like a slight discount to get rid of them. But that's interesting. The the guys I, when I was going back to the the craft beer area, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're welcome. Um. They uh, goes like, oh hell yeah, this stuff's at six percent, and I'm like, <gasps> they they were clearly fans of it. Oh god, that's the demo they were going for with that. I've also heard that that one's not that bad. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's. This is okay. Maybe this. Um, would you rather have a natty ice or a natty seltzer? Probably. Oh God, I don't know, man. Maybe depends. Yeah. I just imagine that Natty Ice does not. I imagine it's very similar tasting to like the Edge. Not to say that the seltzer would be mm-hmm. a great drink, but it's like comparing notes on like which one is worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to probably go seltzer just because it's would probably go down easier. Mm-hmm. I figured that that would be the case, but then, like, I remember that Wilson's Orchard seltzer that I had that was just god-awful. Oh, yeah. I mean, that truly was the worst thing I've had in a long time. Like, significantly worse than the Edge. At least the Edge would get you drunk if you had enough of it. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, some of those seltzers can probably get pretty nasty, too. Oh, it was real bad. That's so sad. Uh Well, not sad, but unfortunate. Um... I'm surprised at how much I'm enjoying this one. Yeah, it's it's not that bad. I think it's kind of comes down to the body. There is a a shadow, a, a little shaving of a beer there. I would say it's mostly a it's somewhere in between like a seltzer and a beer because mm-hmm. it's very effervescent, very bubbly, very light body. Um but there's a you do get a little kind of grain type finish at the end, very slight, I would say. Personally, I don't get much of that. I think the lemon is covering up. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Maybe yeah. There's a certain um quality to it that still qualifies it as a beer, mm-hmm. or that there is some sort of resemblance of beer in there. But there is um, some beerosity. Yeah, versus like a seltzer, which is just straight like bubbles. Mm-hmm. There's a couple five out of five reviews on Beer Advocate. Shall we look at those? Please do, Michael. See, now while you're digging one of those up, like I can't tell if I'm having, like if it's a, a, a t- an, an aftertaste that I'm getting or if it's just like I ate a bunch of hummus earlier and I, I'm wondering if like the garlic is still hanging out. Mm. I think it's probably the uh, the garlic. 
here five, this five is, out of five. So give me that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Here, this is from RX Eight. Okay. Uh, if I asked myself what is the perfect beer, it would have to be something that's perfect in every way. Pastry stouts are fun. Bring one to share, and everybody gets two ounces of syrup that blankets the palate with intense flavors. But that's all it's good for. I need something that's as good on a hot summer day after mowing the grass as it is at Dark Lord Day, where we saw a lot of Natter Days. Jeremy, can you confirm? Yeah, that's true. I did see a lot of that. Interesting. And actually, before I move on, he mentions mowing the grass. I was just like, I had the ooh. This might be like an ideal lawnmower slash hamamac beer. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me take that again because I hamamic? made up a word there. Hamamac beer, yeah. Um, hamamac! Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on here. RX8 goes on to say, uh, something that's available at Walmart for $11 and I won't feel bad opening by myself on a Wednesday night. Yes, Natterday succeeds where many top-rated beers fail. All while delivering a sweet strawberry lemonade flavor that's like a cold Capri Sun. Actually, that's an apt comparison. That is kind of like that, yeah. Yeah. Refreshing and crisp. Uh, This beer delivers on all fronts. I don't know about the all fronts, but I think it delivers in the way it intends to deliver, which is worth something. Yeah. And it's definitely the garlic, by the way. Okay. I think there's another one here where he gets a little more feisty. Please do. Um, This is from... Funky butt lovin'. <laughs> Do you remember what that's from? <laughs> Rookie of the year, right? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> God, why did we both know that? <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, that's one of those ingrained memories. Probably because it didn't make sense then, and to me it still doesn't make sense now. Unless I missed some euphemism or double entendre as an adult for the past 20 years. I, I, so I think it's just like... So it, I think it was just like part of that wave of like 91 to like 95 homo- where it was okay to have homophobia and children's stuff <laughs> where they like see, see like a Buffalo Bill-esque guy like prancing around in a dress like, ew, and the kids would all run away. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, it's just like maybe they had dice with various like adjective, adverb, but... Mm-hmm poop, fart, and then roll them, and this is what came up. I don't know. It, it does stick in one's head, though. It does. Um, Funky Buttlovin says, <laughs> Crack open a can of this godly nectar and indulge in a sweet, sweet blend of lemonade and beer. The smell of pink lemonade hits you in the face upon opening it and tastes like a good time. Mm-hmm. I wish this beer was around back in my college days instead of that dank Coors Light we used to drink during the summer months. Regardless, I'll still pound these bad boys like water and feel great the next day. For you pretentious beer snobs, y'all aren't that fun to begin with, so you can't enjoy a good time and your Mm -hmm. reviews are not to be taken seriously. So I think it's safe to say that we can enjoy, that we both are like enjoying this more than we thought we would. Yes. Yeah, and it's 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 not too sweet. It doesn't ruin like my tongue is still intact, which you know I can't say that about the um, Steel Reserve Alloy Series one oh, we had. That, that one was fine. That it was like fine, two but... out of three ain't bad. I I was yeah. pleasantly surprised by that because like where now if we have to rank the uh... yeah I guess let's get to that. Let's rank and rate. Rank the three favorite to least favorite, and then rate this one after. I think we're probably gonna do the same order. Well, are we? Because I'm... Well, maybe not. Edge is the worst. 
Edge is the worst. Yes, agreed. By like a wide, wide. For, yeah. Now I know what I think is better, and I have a reason for that. Between this and the Alloy Series that Tropical is, that, Storm, that is correct. I, only way it could be guaranteed to be better is if it was called Tropic Thunder. <laughs> what is? <laughs> That's probably a trademark violation or copyright yeah. violation of some sort. But you should call it like Tropic Blunder Thunder and Lightning or uh, something. Yeah, Blunder <laughs> or something. I want to, let's see, who should reveal first? I think you should. I like the Natter Days more than uh, the Tropical Storm. Do um, you like, I'm the other way. You're a storm guy. You're a stormer. Like this almost has an aftertaste, like, so I don't know how often you're at the bars that have popcorn. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. But yeah. this feels like a, this is a beer that you eat popcorn with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I almost have that taste in my mouth. But once again, yes. it might be the hummus. Okay. Because hay must be the hummus. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, um, I like the aggressiveness of the uh, the Tropic Thunder or whatever. It was gonna, mm-hmm. I'm just going to call it Tropic Thunder. Okay. Um, I like that it was sweet and sour and, like, despite the weird wangy aftertaste. Yeah. Why can't I hit the G on that wangy? There? <laughs> wangy? It, uh, that just <laughs> wangy. It yeah. sounds weird. I'm also a little congested. Um, but, you know, what else is new? I feel like it accomplished its task more. This is fine. It would have been better in a smaller serving. Okay, yeah, it, it is It's starting a to lose much. its luster. Like, if you could crack a 12-ouncer and just slams it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the reason why I would rank this one higher is because um, Tropical Storm was like a... I mean, you said like storm you said, it is was, a good way to put it. Storm is a good way to put it. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, it's very aggressive. It's it has these off flavors that um, they don't apologize for, but they're still there and they still it can give you a shudder every once in a while. Where I feel like this. Yeah, this is this is more even. Uh, okay, I have I have an uh, analogy here. Okay. This beer is to the Foo Fighters <laughs> as. Uh, Tropic Thunder is to to like say some like garbage punk band in the I don't want to say that Tropic Thunder is punk rock but yeah. in punk rock especially the early stuff there was just like a lot of they just went for it and yeah they missed notes sometimes and yeah the singers weren't always that great but you got what they were they were trying to do and right. if you were in for what they tried to do they nailed it and it might not be for everyone, but if it was for you, it was the way to go. Whereas, this is the Foo Fighters. It's for everyone. Who doesn't like the Foo mm-hmm. Fighters? Right. There's, they're not going to like change the world, but they are going to show you a good time. What does that make uh, Ice House Edge, then? Oh, like uh, a stank or something. Just garbage <laughs> It needs to be forgotten at all costs. Okay. <laughs> so we... Touche. Um, so we ranked... So let's rate. Gotcha. I will say my enthusiasm out of the gate has waned a little bit. Yep. When it was really effervescent and colder, it was a lot better. Now it's kind of, like you said about that aftertaste, it's dragging a little bit, but it's still, again... Still totally fine. It's still totally fine. Accomplishes what it seeks to do. Mm -hmm. It's a little tricky to rate it because it does deserve some merit, Um, but... You know, this is a beer podcast. There's not a lot of beer here. And again, there wasn't a lot of beer with some of the other gasoline alleys that we've tried. 
Um, so you really have to apply some sort of sliding scale. Um, I will say, going quick back to the Tropic Storm, the Pineapple Steel Reserve Alloy Series was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say probably better than this. Oh, God, yes. That was that was a nice one for an alcohol pop. I'm going to give this a, a 2.5. Me too. Yeah. You know, you can't fault it too much, but at the same time, there's not a lot there, and it's not really a beer, so... It's it's fine for what it is. The guy that said, like, I'm just going to hang out on a deck and crack this instead of a Coors Light, he's, he's on, you know, that's the path. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's average, and you know how we talked about, you know, usually we settle in at 3.5 for our quote-unquote average because we tend to rate higher echelon beers. We get better beer. Yeah, we yeah we seek better beers, but in this case we're in Gasoline Alley, so two point five probably is 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 like the true average. So mm. um, it hits that very well. Yeah. But that said, I my mine is gone. <laughs> Twenty five ounces like and that. Yeah, I don't the, have much uh, left either. The uh, the strawberry kind of goes away after a while. It seems like it's more of a strawberry essence on top of it. mm Hmm. So it's it's like basically like a lemon shandy with a little bit of strawberry essence on there. Yeah, and I think the strawberry is actually... Having that essence does make a difference, though. Oh, 100%. It just kind of goes away after a while. Yeah. Yeah. In any case, it's another one down the gullet, Jeremy. That is. Michael, how about you hit people? Yes. You can find us on social media in a variety of ways. You can do that on Twitter at APMPod. Facebook.com slash APMPod. Email us directly, APMPod at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all of our ratings there. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. But we'll leave it at that. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. This has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers.